Before we get into the episode, here is a surprise element. I'm going to ask a few random words to the guest and she has to answer them by sharing what comes to her mind first. Nadeem, thanks for joining me and before I introduce you to the TGV community, let us play a quick rapid fire round which I have introduced very recently. All I'm going to do is announce a few words and whatever thing that comes to your mind first, you can express it. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay, here comes my first word. It is curious. Open. Invention. Creativity. Future. Uh, aspiration. Book. Shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Movie. Popcorn. <laughs> Food. Uh, keto. <laughs> Since I'm on a keto diet now. Oh, are you on a keto diet? Okay. Hmm. <laughs> and next is relations. Relations. Uh, intimate. Okay. And then uh, vacation. Exciting. Leader. Caring. All right. Last one. World. Uh-huh. World. Uh, huge. <laughs> Good one. That was crisp, rapid fire. And uh, <laughs> let's uh, get into the conversation. And folks, you have tuned into the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a Better Future. I'm your host, Navin Samala, a fellow professional on a mission to make the world a better place to live. And through the Guiding Voice, we drive conversations that matter, conversations that add value to your life and to your career. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Nadim, hearty welcome to the Guiding Voice. I'm super thrilled to host you today. Me too, Naveen. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited to participate in your mission. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being part of the journey. And without further ado, let us get started. And right now, you are a renowned coach and especially you deal with emotions and conversational intelligence. So I'm curious to understand what are the top three things that have attributed to your success so far and how you have you ended up as a emotional intelligence coach? So let, I'll start with the first part, uh, yeah. which is um, maybe the three things that uh, I would say were key to my success. I think the first one is openness. So being open to opportunities, uh, no matter what they are. Uh, so not just not saying that, no, this is a bad opportunity or this is uh, non-paid or whatever. Not looking at the financial stuff and just looking at how much they contribute to your mission and what you want. So uh, being open to those things that are really aligned with what you want to achieve and with your mission. That's one thing. Uh, I would say the second is being courageous. Uh, because um, a lot of times uh, as as an entrepreneur, and I'm sure many entrepreneurs would connect with me, you, you get scared and there's fear. <laughs> yeah. And it's only normal to feel the fear, uh, but it's actually having that courage to act despite the fear, which, which, makes, which makes you special and allows you to achieve the success that you want. Uh, and don't listen to other people because, you know, they create more fear and they start uh, maybe minimizing whatever you are trying to achieve and uh, whatever you're trying to give to this world. So mm. be courageous and don't listen, you know, shut your ears to the negative vibes around you. And maybe the third thing would be really enjoy the mistakes you make. And I, I say enjoy because I know that usually mistakes are they don't come with a positive emotion. They come more with an unpleasant emotion there. Yeah. So I want to shift that and turn it into enjoyment because 
it's enjoyable to make mistakes because it means, first of all, that we actually were courageous enough to do something. And it also means that, you know, there's a gift there. There's a learning that we want to get. So it's exciting when you learn how you can make things better the next time. So uh, I would say these are the three main points that I would give to the audience uh, in terms of their success. I I see that these three are interrelated, openness to opportunities and uh, acting fearlessly with courage and especially enjoying the mistakes you make, mistakes you make, right? So now let's uh, get into our core of today's topic, like um, you being an emotional intelligence coach. I'm really curious to understand one major change that you have driven in someone as an emotional intelligence coach. Okay. So uh, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example of uh, one of my first clients because that was tough at that time. So one yeah. of my, uh, as when I started uh, coaching and uh, I was working with a company and there was this uh, senior director who, who was uh, the successor of the managing director. So he was supposed to be the successor of the managing director. And uh, the HR and his manager, they approached me because they felt that, okay, they want to put him uh, as a managing director. However, they were worried about some aggression that his team were complaining about. So they felt aggressed and uh, they felt that uh, he could be very harsh. And this was impacting the team around him. And they were worried, you know, they can't give him this position if he has this, uh, you know, behavior. So they approached me and they told me, you know, we need your help. We want to change this behavior, uh, you know, in this person. And okay, that was, that was fine. And they, t- they gave me their own impression about him being, you know, too stubborn, uh, very harsh, very cold, uh, someone who's not empathetic at all. So they gave me their own version of how they see him, their own reality, if you want. Yeah. Uh, and then when I met him and, you know, we met together, I was really amazed that, uh, he he didn't see any of the issues they were saying. So okay. he for him this was there it was a no no. You know there is no uh, aggression. Uh, mm. He's only being firm and he's being assertive. And he truly believed that this assertiveness was actually helping him on the job mm. because his people were lazy and they were complacent. They didn't want to work. And if they do something, they do it imperfectly. So all of these for him were, uh, you know, being, uh, they are performing below expectations. So for him, if he hadn't been harsh, he would never have gotten any results. So the key to his success is the harshness and is Mm. this firmness and what he called as very rough assertiveness. Mm. So there was, you know, two different realities here. You know, (laughs) they saw something, he saw, and this is something common that you see in executive coaching. Yeah. So it, it was a big challenge. And I was like, okay, fine. How am I going to approach this person? Yeah. And I think the first key was um, I decided to let go of the reality that the manager and the HR gave me. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, abandon that. Don't go into judging this person and start from scratch. Yep. So surely he has some pain that he wants to resolve. And mm-hmm. let's connect with that pain. And and to my amazement, he really had a lot of pain because he was really frustrated because he felt like a failure because he was trying to influence influence these people and they were not responding. And uh, this was causing a lot of frustration for him because he had the pressure that he wanted to achieve and he wanted to give the results. 
and they were not cooperating with him and he mm. couldn't understand why he was trying different ways and he couldn't understand why and yeah. this was building more and more frustration which was leading into anger and that actually explained the whole aggression that he was uh, having towards towards the team yeah. and not only that but because you know they weren't responding he was doing a lot of their job so mm. he was overworked he didn't have a good work life balance he wasn't seeing his kids so all of these frustrations were really putting a lot of pressure on 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 this uh, senior director but no one knew about these yeah. you know the, the the management didn't know anything about what was going on there so i connected with that and then we set an objective that he saw was meaningful which is which was to how to you know behave with the team so yeah. that he can get the best out of them and he can engage them and get commitment from them and that's how we approached it and i cannot tell you how things were you know he was so resistant at the start mm. and then after around a year uh, he became this person who was so aware of his emotions mm -hmm. which he truly wasn't at the start yeah. he understood how his emotions drove his different behaviors and how he impacted people around him Yeah. and he started being empathetic to people so i cannot tell you the shift that happened oh, yeah. uh, after a year of working together that's nice uh, i i think perception matters and at times uh, people perceive us in a different way until they get to know us better right so this is yeah. one of the uh, key takeaways from me and in addition to that uh, probably we are not aware of how we are being treated or how we are being perceived by others so it yeah. in point in time probably we may have to do a quick reality check and get some feedback i think uh, officially or yeah absolutely yeah, right. this is this is very important what you're mm. saying is very important because as you said uh, the the thing is that we think we have good intentions and that's enough yeah but it's not about our intentions it's about how this impact is landing on right. the other people right and that's where we think that no i i you know people see me well because i have good intentions but it's not it's not true yeah. i need to open up and notice how am i landing there mm. how am i impacting others what's the what is their perception and that's where feedback being open to feedback uh, comes mm. in and is critical uh, for our own self development yeah and and uh, when you mentioned about intent i think there is a powerful quote which says when we speak something okay we think from our intent perspective whereas when we hear somebody else we only look at words they use but not the intent <laughs> absolutely right. yeah right yeah <laughs> you're sense. right it's yeah. funny isn't it yeah it is and before i move to my next question one um, off of the record question like since you are from lebanon i am really uh, curious to understand how is the culture at lebanon and what is the primary food that you eat and what is one must see place in lebanon <laughs> <laughs> well, Lebanon is a beautiful place, although it's a very small country, but there are mm. many, many uh, lovely places to see mm. uh, because uh, it has a huge history and mm. many beautiful uh, archaeological sites that uh, you can see like Baalbek, Saida, Sour, Jbeil, uh, so many uh, places. Okay. And uh, the culture, I mean, the people are very hospitable. Mm -hmm. uh, they love to have fun. They mm. love to uh, show people a good time as well. So Uh, you would love it if you go because they are really great hosts and you wouldn't feel like they are going through uh, the worst financial crisis ever if you go mm. there you find people laughing enjoying going out dancing uh, you know going out to restaurants etc it's not as if 
they are really going through a very difficult uh, time at the moment. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, sorry to hear that. And I would definitely visit when you are vacationing back in Lebanon. Do let me know. <laughs> yeah, next month if you want. <laughs> <laughs> that that's so near. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now now let's move into the next question. And um, this is something which uh, I like to ask every coach because coaching mm-hmm. is something wherein you are trying to be empathetic. You are trying to get into somebody else's shoes, which needs a lot of active listening, right? So yeah. please share with our audience what strategies or techniques do you use to actively listen and fully engage in a coaching conversation. So the first thing I would say is you need to remove all distractions. So when I am in a coaching conversation, my phone is very far away from me. I don't even keep it next to me because I don't want to see a message come or whatever. I don't want to be distracted. I tell everyone around me that you know I will not answer. Uh, I need to focus, et cetera. So I really remove any type of distraction because you really have to be present with, with a person. So that that's one thing. And this is something that's important to note, even when you are in a discussion with your friends. Yeah. I mean, remove that mobile. Don't just put it next to you and keep on looking at it because this is going to not feel uh, very empathetic to the other person. Absolutely. So this is the first thing. And, and another thing, which I believe is a major reason why people do not listen well, Mm-hmm. is because we judge so you need mm-hmm. to remove judgment so when you're listening to the other person you have to remove that judgment of oh he's saying this oh look how he thinks oh my god i can't believe it how could he think that way i can't believe how silly he is or whatever i you you have to get yourself out of judging what this person is saying and the situation that this person is going through and rather uh, free yourself from that judgment and really connect with, try to be curious yeah. about how how are they feeling? How is this situation impacting them? How is it uh, making them, you know, respond? Uh, how is it impacting their life, etc.? So when you connect with those uh, things, then the person will, will feel heard. Mm-hmm. It's easier said than done, I can yeah. assure you. Yeah. But it comes with practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and if you want, we can, I mean, so if we tie it to the example that we were talking about before, the senior director, you know, had I judged him uh, based on what the management and HR were saying about this person, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to connect with his real trouble and his Absolutely. real pain and what mm. he is really going through. So it's very important to, you know, annul judgment and stop judgment so you can really be present with the person and really connect to their own situation. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think if we rely on somebody else, then our perception will be biased and uh, the entire conversation might go haywire. It's a different thing. Yeah, I, I, Very uh, true. Yeah. This, this Very true. Because we start making assumptions, you know, right. we start making assumptions about uh, his, uh, you know, who he is yeah. or how he functions or whatever. So when you do that, uh, you're no longer present. You're not really getting the cues that this person is giving you because you're in your mind thinking and analyzing and assuming and judging, etc. So you're not any more present with that person. And mind you, the people feel it. It's yeah. not like they don't feel it. They feel it. Even if you're looking them in the eye and pretending to listen, yeah. they can feel that you're distracted. Yeah. Okay. So with that, let's move to the core of uh, today's conversation, which is about conversational intelligence. So how, how do you explain 
this to a layman what is conversational intelligence or ciq so ciq or conversational intelligence first of all i want to tell you that this concept was created uh, by judith glazer mm-hmm. uh, may she rest in peace so judith was a very special lady she mm-hmm. was an anthropologist and uh, she was someone who really inspired me to tell you the truth uh, and she really believed in the power of conversations and that's why she came up with this concept so if i were to give you a brief or simple definition you know practical definition i would say that when you have conversational intelligence then you're someone who can use conversations to create strong relationships that are built on trust so you would be able to create trust with people around you by using conversations that's in a nutshell i mean in a very fast way does that make sense yeah it does it does and uh, yeah it is very well explained and uh, now uh, let please also share with our audience why conversational intelligence is gaining importance yeah the reason it's important it's because it's not you know a conversation is not just you know exchange of words uh, yeah. so it's it's not just me exchanging words with you it's yeah. deeper than that and it's more than that because conversations change the neurochemistry of me and you so if we're having conversations together our neurochemistry changes depending on what is being exchanged between yeah. each other so what do i mean by that i mean that when i am able to converse with you in a way that makes you feel safe that makes you feel exclude included sorry included that makes you feel not judged that makes you feel cared for and respected then this will create trust between me and you and the important thing about trust is not just we're going to have a good relationship and we're going to enjoy this it's deeper than that because when trust is created uh, our body produces a hormone called oxytocin yeah. and oxytocin will activate an area of our brain which is the prefrontal cortex here behind the uh, the forehead and when our prefrontal cortex is activated we're able to think better so our cognitive function is stronger we're able to strategize we're able to problem solve to become creative and innovative and we're able to create something which is way better than we could have produced alone yeah uh, so it's really powerful because it allows you to give your best and become the best version of yourself and this is all due to the conversation that we have together mm-hmm. so imagine how powerful a conversation is yeah indeed uh, yeah i i can uh, imagine that because um, that's how people who get attracted because of this neurochemistry and if once the trust is built i think uh, it goes to the next level all right yeah yeah so now can you also share an example of a time when you used conversational intelligence to influence and inspire others towards a shared goal yes um you know uh for the past 2 years uh i've been the president of the uh, international coaching federation lebanon chapter so uh i i'm no longer the president now because we just had elections but uh during these these 2 years uh i had many 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 instances where i needed to call on my conversational intelligence and my emotional intelligence as well i'll, I'll give you a brief example so when we when we started the the mandate you know we were going through very tough financial crisis in lebanon and the coaches were not getting a lot of job and a lot a lot of work so what we did is we said okay let's focus on trying to build some partnerships through icf lebanon with some organizations so that we can create opportunities for our coaches and we were able to do that 
Uh, and uh, and then when, when we told the coaches about this, we were very transparent and we said, okay, uh, what we'll do is you can get the, you can coach these people and we're going to take 10% of the fee and keep it for ICF uh, Lebanon. So this created a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, like negative vibes. So people oh, were yeah. talking, et cetera. Uh, and I, I learned about it. So people told me, look, Nadine, this is what's happening, et cetera. You know, of course, when I first heard about, you know, the uh, the discussions being done behind my back, I wasn't very happy because I felt disappointed, actually, because, yeah. you know, here we are creating something for them. So our intention was so good, yeah. yet the impact was not as good and as clear. Right. So I was triggered, I must say, and I was disappointed. I was a bit angry. But of, of course, you know, calling on my emotional intelligence and what I teach people, uh, I decided that, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop the judgment and I'm going to connect with these people to better understand what made them, you know, feel not safe when we said this. And that's what I did. So after these beautiful conversations that added a lot of value to me because I understood how they were thinking and how they were feeling. And at the same time, I had a chance to present to them the rationale behind this. So I was able to be transparent, explain the intention very clearly, remind them of the purpose of the ICF chapter and that this is something that's going to give back to them and that this is for their own good. So I Mm -hmm. I made them connect with their mission as well as coaches. So, uh, and at the end, you know, I I also created a very good, uh, uh, you know, video to communicate to all of them everything that I communicated with these coaches mm-hmm. and it went very well. You know, they were very yes. happy and everything turned into a very positive uh, outcome. Yeah. So this is an example, a live example of how conversational intelligence, simple tools, simple tools, not difficult tools. They can make a big change. They can Absolutely. make a very drastic change in, in yeah. communication. P- perfect. Yeah. Because uh, I was curious uh, to give the audience live examples and uh, all the conversation that is happening between you and me is going to extremely help them because uh, people think coaching is something theoretical, but I wanted to get them exposure to real-time case studies, which we are doing and the fantastic. And with that, let me move to the next question. In order to build strong, 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 strong trust, right? How can we use conversations as a will. The first thing, what I always like to train, you know, teach my my uh, uh, coaches, not, not not teach my coaches because I don't teach them, but I mean, what I always like to explain to people during my webinars is that always think that trust it goes with safety. So when I feel safe, I will trust. So always think that whatever you're doing. Or whatever you're saying, the words you are using. I like that you started, uh, Naveen, by giving me these words and what came to my mind. Because I'm pretty sure that what came to your mind when you heard the words was totally different from what came to my mind. Yeah. So, you know, because, you know, Judith always used to say that words create worlds for people. (laughs) And each one has a different world. So um, what may look like a safe word to me might not be a safe word to you. Especially now when we're talking globally, you know, there are different cultures. So there are things that are acceptable in one culture, which are not acceptable in another culture. So all of these, so you have to pay attention to how you are behaving, what words you are using, the tonality that you are using, the voice. So all of these, they need to make the other person feel safe. If they feel safe, 
then you connect with them. If they don't feel safe, then the trust will not be, uh, you know, will not be there. So yeah. this is the first thing. Pay attention to your behaviors, to your words, everything, your body language, and make sure they all communicate safety to the other person. Second, listen. Listen to people and yeah. stay open. Stay mm -hmm. open. And when I say listen with, with openness, I mean don't make your own stories. Listen to what they're saying. Don't make your own assumptions. Don't judge them. Really open your mind to a new reality, not the one that's in you. Don't be stuck to your reality. You need to open your mind so that you can accept a different reality that maybe is a total opposite of the reality that's in your mind. Accept that. And it's not easy doing that, yeah, because it takes a lot of humility yeah. to, to do that. And third, be curious. So instead of judgment, get into curiosity. Ask, okay, why is this? What's going on? What's happening? I saw you reacted this way when I said this word, you know, what what happened? You know, what, what, what changed in you? So maybe this word created something for them, a world that is not so pleasant for them. So then we know that we shouldn't use this word with them, et cetera. So mm. these are like the three typical things. Pay attention, be mindful of, of your words and your behaviors so that you communicate safety. Second, listen. And then third, be curious. Be curious. Fabulous and uh, fantastic conversation so far. And it's time for us to kick off the second rapid fire round. With your consent, I'm going to kick off the second rapid fire round. Is that fine? <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> okay, here comes my first bullet. And uh, if you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say, Nadine? Gigantic, maybe in line with what we're saying, uh, I would say trust in yourself. Okay. Because the mm -hmm. first relationship is between you and yourself before you start relationships with others. So trust in yourself. Yeah. And can you share a funny anecdote from any of your coaching experience where someone's emotional intelligence surprised you in a humorous way? <laughs> Without taking the names. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Uh, no names, of course. And I, I don't I can't recall an actual example, an exact example, but I, I can recall um one of my coaches who had the uh, one of his top strengths as humor. So he mm. was very humorous. Everything he turned into humor. And uh, I remember that when I was coaching him, it was difficult because we kept on laughing because he was someone who was very, he always tended to make judgments. Mm -hmm. So, but his judgments were so, so visual and so uh, creative in a way that we always laughed when, you know, <laughs> he made these judgments. At the end, he started telling me, okay, when, when I see myself breaking into a laugh, I know that I'm making a judgment. So he started make, <laughs> making a correlation between the two. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And uh, can you describe yourself in just one word? Uh, empathetic. Okay. And what is the weirdest thing that you have ever eaten? Uh, well, in Lebanon, we eat a lot of weird stuff. Uh, but one of the weird, maybe the weirdest things that people usually get scared of are the uh, the testicles of sheep. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, what is the silliest fear you had as a child that still makes you laugh even today? Um, I, For some reason, I wasn't very much aware of my fears when I was a child. So it mm. looks like I used to uh, put them aside and pretend they don't exist. But I had this weird um, habit, if you want, uh, which was, um, you know, 
on my hands, if my thumb touches, for example, my pinky, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then I need to allow my thumb to touch every single finger as well, because <laughs> I felt that it wasn't fair. Maybe the others are going to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> that let's uh, move to the last one. And what is one electronic gadget that you'd like to see or invent yourself? Ah, electronic gadgets. We have enough. Don't we have enough? Uh, <laughs> I'd rather not invent any gadgets anymore, any electronic gadgets anymore. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And uh, let's move back to the mainstream. And what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make begin their careers or lives? You can pick either of them. I think it's 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 the things that I felt were important to my success, and I will repeat them again. Okay. But I'll add one thing: is uh, dream big. Okay, mm. so allow yourself to dream, no matter where you are. You know, I was in Lebanon. We were in a civil war. Nobody had dreams at that time. But allow yourself to dream, no matter what your environment is, and and in your dream, always think of who you want to be. So not just what I want to be or what I want to do, but think of who do you want to be as a person? Because that's very important and it guides your behaviors and, and your, your habits later on. And again, I would say be courageous and just jump at whatever you know you want to achieve and whoever you want to be, don't be scared, you can get there. Just jump on the opportunities and enjoy your mistakes. Awesome. I, I enjoyed every tip. I think these are very powerful and uh, they're going to extremely help someone become a great individual. And before I let you go, one final note, like from you, which I expect is, how is your experience being hosted on The Guiding Voice? Uh, it was uh, really lovely being here, Naveen. I'm very honored and uh, I'm very happy to be, uh, you know, benefiting your audience, uh, even if it's in the slightest way. And I actually would love to benefit them more if, oh. you, if you allow me. Absolutely, please. <laughs> I, I always so uh, care for my community. So <laughs> anything okay, is... Okay, great. Because, helpful. you know, because I'm a coach and I know yeah. that sometimes when you hear things, it's not always easy to uh, become those things and really embody those skills. So I would like to grant the first three people who mm -hmm. connect with me uh, and book a call, I would like to grant them three free coaching sessions each so that I can help them really become the people that they want to be. Wow. That's that's a great offer. And folks, whoever is listening to this episode or watching this episode, please grab the link in the show notes or the episode description and book a call. So you're going to become better at your conversations and you can build more trust. And likewise, you can achieve success in your life. And uh, Nadin, thank you so much for uh, the offer. It really means a lot. And also, thank you so much thank for you. being part of the journey. I really appreciate your time as well as insights. I thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it. Me too. Thank you so much, Naveen. And uh, I wish you the best in this wonderful mission. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah. So folks, that was our episode with uh, Nadeen. And before we move into the trivia section, here is a request to you. In case if you haven't subscribed to us, please subscribe from the app wherever you have tuned in from. Also, if you have loved this episode and found the conversation useful, please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice. And so that your friends also learn some new stuff like you and we will gain a set of new subscribers. Thank you so much in advance. Now, let's hop into the trivia segment of today's episode. So today we had a powerful conversation about uh, conversational intelligence, right? So I thought I would share some interesting trivia about conversational intelligence with metrics. 
that is nothing but using the metrics in analyzing and improving conversation quality has gained significant attention in recent years and when we talk about the metrics uh, which are covered here are conversation duration response time customer satisfaction ratings sentiment analysis and engagement rates are used to measure the effectiveness and success of conversations so these metrics help businesses identify areas for improvement optimize customer interactions and also enhance overall conversation intelligence so that's all from my end and in case if you have any other tips or stories around how conversational intelligence has helped you please feel free to comment if you are watching it on youtube or you can reach out to me through social media or email me at theguidingvoiceforyou@gmail.com and uh, thank you so much for tuning in guys please do not forget to share your topic recommendations and guest speaker suggestions through social media or email me at theguidingvoiceforyou@gmail.com i am your host navin samala a fellow professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make the world a better place to live through conversations that matter and conversations that add value to your life and to your career until next time bye bye see you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest